Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Tuesday edition of the program. Bo and Gibbe here with you. Merely Bo, the great Gibbe. Z playing golf out in the desert for the week. What, Good what job out of him. What was his tea time? Or what, when was he flying? I think it was a 9 a.m. flight, so you you pick up three hours right away. Is Arizona Pacific time this time of year, or are they still – are they central? Uh, or mountain, rather. I guess it'd be mountain. I, I never – I know they don't observe daylight savings time, so I think that they it would It is 11.01. So it's it's mountain time now. Yes. But then they don't spring forward. They just stay where they're at. Because that's so – gotcha. Isn't this the last one for us? Yeah, Saturday night. So Which, is it this Saturday? Yes. All right, so this Saturday, as I understand it, this Saturday when we go forward, um, then we're done. That's it. We're not going back to standard time, right? I Did that get passed in the – I mean, I Congress said it with a certain or... amount of authority. Well, I mean, we've talked about it for a long time. I mean, I'm hope I'm ho- I'm hopeful. I like when I wake up that it's daylight out. <laughs> I-, I like. Well, the we'll sun lose being that, out. right? We're gonna lose that. I think what we we're are gonna, gonna get is it. you're gonna get the night. You're gonna get the nights longer. Is what it is. Well, that's that's fine. I mean, I don't know because even after daylight savings, March is like messed up. So and then April gets the, back into things. The first thing that comes comes up, are we still doing daylight savings time in 2023? When does it end? Uh, daylight savings time will end 2 a.m. So apparently there's another year of it, November 5th of course, of this year. I thought it was something that was going to happen, though. Like, weren't we going to – weren't we done with it? Did that not – I thought we are on the precipice of, of just – I guess we're not I done with daylight savings time. We're dame with, done with standard time. Is the idea? Yes, but I, I remember it was stuck in some congressional, of course, mess. Yeah. What's so our, I'm, I mean, this is a long Wikipedia entry. I certainly don't. All right. Uh, in late. All right. Let me see. Mexico. And, and this gets and this gets even weirder because. Uh, okay, the, here we go. Since 2018, Florida Republican Senator Marco Rubio has repeatedly filed bills to extend daylight savings time permanently into winter without success. But I swore it passed. I So it didn't. Clearly it did not. And we're going to, like, I'm looking at sunrise. <clears throat> sunrise on Saturday is 647. Sunset is 629 all of a sudden starting on sunday uh 745 the sun will be up and then it decreases like a yeah you gain it on the other end yeah but i i I mean i'm for that i like the day i mean yeah it'll be almost eight by by april one it's gonna be in the dark yeah though that's for sure skunk risk well, your buddy told me they don't stalk them. No, no. So but that's you good. don't want to just stumble upon and in the dark. Okay, I, so I, the you know. Senate passed legislation a year ago. Of course they did. The Senate still approves waiting. the bill, passed legislation that would have made daylight savings time permanent start in 2023, ending the twice annual change. The Senate approved the measure, uh, calling the Sunshine Protection Act, unanimously voted 
by voice vote. The House, which has held a committee hearing on the matter, must still pass the bill before it can go to President Biden. Um, so, that, so I guess that's where it is. I don't know where it is. I mean, by the end of March, we're we're back to where we need to be. Seven thirteen is sunrise. Yeah. Seven fifty one sunset. Almost eight o'clock. No, that's where we need Play to be. Play some lake golf. Let's... That's where you need to be. Yes. That's how you got to live. You have a little more time. I hated it as a kid because you, you know, it's when it once it was on, it was, you know, like how it is here. It's dark at five o'clock. Yes, not ideal is what it is. Yeah, I mean, you'd come in and it was dark, and you'd leave and it was dark. Yeah, I thought there was real ro- momentum uh, for this thing. That this thing was going to get done. I, I for some reason, I guess in my mind's eye, I thought this was it, and it was around this time when it was passed in the Senate. But it must just be hung up. So there you go. That's where that thing stands. Um, it's chilly. A little chilly out there. It's going to be that way for a while. Yeah, you were saying. So I got that to worry about, uh, which isn't great. One other thing, a couple other uh, moments that now we're in. Now I know we're in spring. I saw my first turkey vulture this morning, so they're back. Um, That's not seen, ideal for I haven't you. seen one of those guys in a long time. And then um, the other thing I noticed when I was taking Buddy Garrity on his walk, after we're done with the walk – so the way that I'm right now I'm getting around the electric fence thing is I make him believe that the only way he can cross it is if I lift him across it. So I take off. He doesn't have the thing on. So, you know, he doesn't know any better. So I just lift him over the barrier, the threshold. So we say flags, flags. He see, he stops. And then I lift him over and then we go for the walk and I lift him over when we come back. So as I lift him over to come back, I take off the leash and I let him run. Uh, now that's his time to, to frolic. And he's, he's really at the stage where he's eating – anything he can i've said that before so i noticed as we were walking down the driveway that he was really pursuing something on the on the driveway but i couldn't make out what it was usually it's mulch or sticks or something like that sure um i think it's possible that he was trying to eat and i went up there there were earthworms everywhere like those guys are coming out that's brutal i I mean he's on some sort of worming situation anyway but i'm like we can't be doing this bud and we can't how how long i had to deal with this that he eats everything. Someone told me once I get him neutered, he's good. That that stuff will curb a little bit. Not, says Gibby, by that look. I, I mean, my oldest eats everything. Still. Yeah. That's amazing. Sticks. They can't contain themselves. Deer. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, you know. I, anything that's even non-edible. Yeah. Throw it in. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, I, I, I've never heard of the neutered spade wishful, curing that. Wishful but thinking, I, don't, I guess. I don't see that happening, buddy. Yeah. So anyway, so now we're on to worms. I'm sure that'll end up well. Sure. Vet visits. That's the way that's going to go. Um, NFL is in business. Uh, there's a lot of rumor yeah, and innuendo are. out there. I don't. It's hard to know what's real and what's not. It's really silly season, uh, is what it is. A um, couple of things from us here today: the Browns have tendered exclusive rights to cornerback Thomas Graham and defensive tackle Ben Still. Graham appeared in seven games for the Browns in 22, recorded six tackles, special teams guy. Still appeared in seven games as a rookie in 22, originally signed as an undrafted free agent out of Miami. Um, appeared in one game with the Dolphins, and so he, both those guys, have been tendered exclusive rights players by the Browns this morning. I think the overarching thing, though, that's going on right now is kind of a little bit of a league-wide view of what's going to happen with quarterbacks. And so you had a... Um, reporting yesterday that Aaron Rodgers was meeting with the Jets. What I found interesting about that is wouldn't that be tampering? He's still under contract with Green Bay. Without their permission, he could not talk to the Jets. Correct. So So he has it. Yeah, Dan Graziano, our good friend, reporting this morning. uh, They're meeting for a second day, and 
obviously the Packers have given their blessing for him to talk. Yeah, and so um, when I saw the uh, Graziano reporting, I'm saying to myself, well, that's something that I – it felt to me like – I guess you should have just read the tea leaves, but it's clear that he's done in Green Bay regardless. Like, he's not going back. So they're trying to help facilitate a deal for him to find a new home. Um, and the crazy thing about that is LaFleur's brother was the old OC – with the Jets. Now Hackett is the OC with the Jets. So there's that kind of is all there too. Um, I don't know why you'd want to get into the AFC snake pit. I really don't. How about this? How about it just continues to be the awkward same path that one Brett Favre took? It's a great point out of you. I didn't even connect all those dots. I forgot that would Favre because Favre. Did he go Jets first and then Vikings? He went Jets first yeah. because the Packers wouldn't trade him uh, or they wouldn't release him contingent on him. I want to say he was released and then, but it was contingent on him not going in the, staying in the NFC. So he's going. So yeah, he went jets for a year and then went back to played for Childress and the Vikings after that for, I think three years. And it was lunacy because when he signed with the jets, it was like in the preseason, like he, the jets were playing the Browns in well, preseason Favre lands on a private jet at Burke. They uh, they escort him that over was his first game, and he did a he didn't play in the game because yeah. he was newly signed. But like he did a press conference like in the bowels of First Energy Stadium. Holy damn, <laughs> it was that's wild. It was stupid crazy. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, yeah. So anyway, so then he he ends up in Minnesota. So so Rogers would be taking a similar path, exact path, honestly. With, and the same he did the same thing Favre did at the end of his Packers career. Where am I retiring? Am I not? Favre did that over and over again to Rodgers, and now Rodgers repeated the exact same thing for the last couple of years. Um, does it shift the balance of power in the AFC? No. No. To me, it doesn't. And then, so then the question becomes, like, can they beat the Bills for the division? Are they better than Miami right now? But they could. Maybe better than Miami if he can revert back. Yeah. I, I mean, he's got the pieces around him. They have they have a nice football team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still not sure if Nathaniel Hackett gets you anywhere these days. I'm, I don't know what. Probably the maybe only, as a coordinator, maybe yeah, it's better. But probably the only benefit there would be familiarity. Sure, you know, he would. You know, could kind of puppet I, it a little bit. But you're dealing with like, you're just dealing with with the New York media. Like you think you have it pretty easy in Green Bay. Like yeah, this is anything but. It's no, that's, it's the opposite. That's definitely one of the – that's the most difficult one to, to kind of try to navigate. But it's it's an interesting um, – it's really fascinating to me how they – because it's hard to imagine them coming back from this if you're the Packers. Like they feel like – it feels like they're moving off and they're going to go Jordan Love from here on out. And it goes back to the point we were making about the NFC and just how dang winnable it is. So you have that going on there. You have the Geno Smith stuff going on in Seattle, three years, 105 on that deal. That got done last yesterday afternoon. Um, and then over all of it right now is is Lamar. We're all waiting on Lamar. And, and which which tag is going to be placed? Right, because clearly right. they're not <laughs> – I say clearly. They, they don't look like they're going to come to an agreement here before 4 o'clock. No, and they – yeah, so that's where you're at. So it'll be a tag of some point. It doesn't feel like they're anywhere closer. Um, and we'll get into all of this as the show goes along, go around the league and kind of get you some specifics on that stuff. Do, so last night NBC had AAU – and in between, before I went, I had the Cavs game on, and the Celtics were up big. Uh, no Tatum, and they were up large. And then I went 
to take him, and then I came back and I watched a little bit, and then I went to pick him up. And by the time I came home, I get home, and my wife is like, get down here right now. And I get down there, and Grant Williams is standing at the line. And she says, you can't believe how good Mitchell's been. He just you – know, the shot he just did, and he's a superstar. He, he couldn't is. come out of the game. No. The, no, the Cavs could no, not afford to no, take him out of the no, game. No. They really – I mean, at the deadline, they, you know, they really needed a third – guy they needed a, a three who could score is what they really needed if they want to be on the level of these teams consistently so it's right at the time when grant williams is going to the line so did you see in real time where he said i'll make both yeah so you did so i didn't even notice it i was just getting settled as he took the second free throw and missed it and then they go to overtime um, so i missed him saying i'm gonna make both and then missing both <laughs> What is what was his what's his career what's his free throw percentage this year? He's had a rough year though for them. I think in general, really chesty. Just hey, you've already blown the seventeen point lead. Yeah, like dial it back just a little bit. Just bring it back a little bit here. I I don't not a not a win that you felt good about as a Cavalier fan, I get there's 82 games and there's five months and six months in this football, yeah. in this basketball season, but the, I think the, the bench is not great right now either. You, you talk about needing a number three yeah. or a, thir- a three, I, I, the bench is woeful. It's not, it's oh, not really man. great. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, they got a lot from Stevens last night. He was incredible as they closed it out. Um you know, have you looked at their – they're not going to be worse than the four. They only play one team remaining who has a – they play Philly once. So the next four games they play Miami back-to-back, both in Miami, which is odd, and then they play the Hornets back-to-back, both in Charlotte. So they go two against Miami in Miami, two against Charlotte in Charlotte, and then they come back. But they really only play – they play the Knicks, who are a playoff team. They play a lot of non-playoff teams. They play Brooklyn twice – I think they have the easiest schedule in the NBA here that down the last month. Which is good because since the All-Star break, they have not been great. No, they're three up, three down since the break. And it's been ugly. No, yeah, and they've lost to good teams. They lost to the Celtics with Tatum last week. They've lost to the Nuggets. Um, it's You stay ahead of – with them, I this is where I've been from the acquisition of Mitchell. I feel like it right same right now. Win around. Be the four seed, win around. Give us that extra week. Uh, have some fun playing Milwaukee or whoever in the yes, one four. Make it interesting. Make that fun. See if you can get yeah. to six games. That's fun. That's all you want. Yeah. Browns Therapy has us, uh, me as Sam alone, and you as uh, Norm from Cheers. Perfect. Which there was a time, my dad loved Cheers. It was like the only comedy he ever would watch was Cheers. And he didn't watch much TV at all, but that was one that if it was on, he enjoyed. And as a kid, I always thought Sam Malone kind of had it figured out. Former big league player, running a bar. Who gets hurt? No. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm great with the ladies. Yeah. Seems you know? like he did okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's when the Indians, now Guardians, uh, would pl- would play on TV. They were on WUAB, which was like Channel 43. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is long before Sports Channel Ohio and all that oh, yeah. stuff. Every time there was a rain delay – it was just a cheers marathon. Love it. And fantastic. Rain delays. I was like, eh, I think I'd rather just watch this because the, <laughs> the baseball team at the time wasn't great. Yeah. But they had these cheers marathons on. They I love well. cheers. Cheers is great. Yes. Yeah. 
the last and I haven't seen an episode in probably 15 years. Um, so I don't know how it would hold up. Uh, but it was it was certainly great in the moment. So, uh, by the way, the Hoff was there last night at the Cavs game. Firing up the crowd. Yeah, getting everybody all jacked up. He's living his best life since he all He really of this. is. Yeah. So, all of that to say, there's a lot of business that needs to be done in the National Football League. Uh, a lot of teams clearing space. The business is about to pick up here at the about three hours from now. Two, I don't know if yeah. it will or not. We'll I, see. I, Franchise tape deadline is yeah. four is, is the kind of the, the root of it all. So we'll get to some of that, talk about some of the guys who have been released, some of the crazy rumors that are out there around the league, including one concerning the greatest of all time. We'll get to all of that. We're off and running here on a Tuesday edition. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Valley Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Bally Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And there's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com, Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. NFL franchise tag deadline is today at 4 o'clock. Hey, did you see these uh, the, the the latest Brady's? Uh, your boy Eisen put this out yesterday. What? I, I never heard that at the combine. No, did I, no. Um but clearly, I mean, if he's going on the air with it, he's heard it from someone big enough that yeah, he's not just making that yeah, up. Yeah, he's not making that up. I, so the rumor is that Brady could un- re-unretire, stay away, like and it's over. that he could finally go to Miami and play with those guys for the Dolphins. Um, is that just? Yeah, you know, it's a nice roster for sure, but it's an absolute snake pit of a conference. And you like, do you think there's just still? something in him like to stick it to the Patriots and Belichick I don't know what it is even more so or does he just desperate to live in Miami like it's such a there's so many options you go back to the Bay Area <laughs> go play well, for one Kyle that always made sense was was Kyle was the one that I always thought like that that conference yes. seems so winnable I I don't it it, it makes I I saw it today I didn't even I don't I don't even know if we put it in the rundown because I was like stay retired yeah, like come on, you gonna you gonna run it out there again? It was already awkward enough in the final year here. Like just yeah, right off into the sunset while you still can. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so that thing came out of kind of nowhere yesterday. <laughs> Good lord. Yes. Just yeah, refresh the timeline that. and see you as uh, right said Fred in the "I'm Too Sexy" video. I didn't. See Pretty this. amazing job. It's really great. Um, the Chiefs are all B- BTs on a heater this morning to get, or this afternoon to get things going. Uh, the Chiefs reportedly expect to release defensive end Frank Clark. Sources tell Tom Pelissero. The Eagles are not expected to use their franchise take this year, according to Jeff McClain of the Philadelphia Inquirer. 20 Eagles players have expiring contracts. Miles Sanders, James Bradbury, Chief among them, Fletcher Cox, uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who is great. Uh, Marcus Epps, who Z mentioned yesterday, potentially as a landing spot for us at safety. Javon Hargrave. I mean, they got – it's so many dudes. It's interesting that they're that not they have, using it. Uh, how, how he knows what he's doing. Well, you know. That's always been a place, too. Like, Philly has always been a place where you could attract people to go play there. People like playing there. It's a great fan base, diehard fans, great city. NFC close. East, you're playing yeah. the Cowboys twice a year. You Cowboys, know you're going to be on TV, team. Giants. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it 
it just kind of checks a lot of boxes uh, for for a lot of people. It's a so lot of free agents. Uh, the other going back to the Chiefs and Frank Clark, you know, not bringing Frank Clark back, not bringing Orlando Brown back. It, some interesting moves being made by the Chiefs. Yeah, they're. I think they're probably. It's all house money, though, right? I mean, they just won the title on a rebuilding year. Yeah, you know, they, they let, they've won two in three years, four, four right? years, two and four. They yeah, they've gone to three. three out of four. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, they're in. Probably just feel like they've they're well ahead of the game, and they can replenish some of that through the draft, or or they're always they're another one. Like as long as they have Mahomes, people are going to want to play there. So yeah. Something to see, though. It was interesting that the Eagles aren't planning on franchising. Yeah, but a lot of those guys are older too, though. They've they really are. Ones, they were all they're... in. They went all in this year on it, and yeah. it worked, and almost worked all the way. Uh, Seahawks and quarterback Geno Smith. I mentioned this earlier. Three-year contract, one hundred and five million dollars. So they are set up. They are the most. Where do they pick in this draft? Do we have a mock draft thing up here? Yeah, uh, I believe number five is where it starts. Seattle's five. So to me. Yes. Yeah, well, so this makes sense. So I was going to say, to me, they look like an Anthony Richardson landing spot is is there at five. And one of these mocks has Vegas moving up. It's McShay has Vegas moving up ahead of them. To McShay's take mock, which we'll get to, is yeah, pretty wild. But he, um, by, by doing the Geno deal on a shorter, you know, you could do that on a shorter run. It's just three years, 105. How much of it's guaranteed? It's like 60, something like that? Yes. I thought I saw it was 60. Um, you know, that's something they could probably get out after two and that he could be a bridge quarterback for Richardson if they want to to take a flyer on him. Hey, I, a great move by both, by both sides. And I know he goes because he's on the West coast and in the far Northwest. Yeah. We don't follow them a whole lot, but their GM there does a fantastic job. Schneider's awesome. Yeah. Retooling and, and, and knowing when to bail on guys. Yeah. I mean, just the Russell trade. <laughs> oh yeah, they. I mean, they don't. They're he, they're not emotional. I mean, they got rid of Sherman, uh, Chancellor retired. Earl Thomas was a mess. Bobby Wagner they released. Like yeah. their best players, they don't get emotional with them. It's it is what it is. Um, that it's one of the most improbable stories though. Geno Smith from scrap yes. heap gone, left for dead, written off. I didn't write back to this having that year and being able to rejuvenate his. Career. I mean, I, I think he's going to be making more. In these in these next couple of years, than he's made in his entire career, I would think. Yeah, whatever the guaranteed <laughs> I mean, number is, I'm sure that he is. Uh, the Titans are expected to release linebacker Bud Dupree after two seasons. He just couldn't stay healthy there. Nope, he's really good in Pittsburgh. We couldn't stay. I healthy. think he got hurt against us in the Pittsburgh game. Uh, it could be. I, I think. I, I think you might be right. I'm pretty sure. Former ESPN host Trey Wingo yesterday on Twitter, per sources, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets had the conversation. Nothing imminent. Rodgers is open to the idea of going to New York. It's possible Green Bay will only send him to the AFC. So that that could be part of it, too, because he is under contract with them. The Falcons are signing pass rushers Lorenzo Carter to a two-year contract, keeping him in Atlanta there. So he is the... Uh... He is the first official free agent off the board. So a, a guy that a team has brought back and re-signed and a young up-and-comer at the defensive uh, end position. So and Then that thins out that, that market again for us. Not that yes. he was going to come here, but there, that's just one less. 
Um, this out of Cincinnati, the Hamilton County Sheriff's deputies entered the home of Bengals running back Joe Mixon after responding to a shots fired call last night. Has no arrests have been made. The sheriff's office confirmed via a statement. Fox 19 in Cincinnati reports that a juvenile was taken to the hospital with minor injuries. A month ago, misdemeanor aggravated menacing charges were filed against Mixon, but those charges were dismissed the next day. Um, he's, he's had, had some had issues lot. here. Yeah, he's had a lot. Going back to Oklahoma, he's had a lot. The one thing I would say, I saw this too. Um, it was one of the local television stations down there, like standing outside his house and giving his address. Not a, I mean, no. it's not right. There's no, there's no reason to, to do that. They don't need to do that to private citizens either. Like, Correct. it drives me nuts when there's a crime, and then they're like, I'm here at the 80th block of whatever, and it's like, well, no, why? What good is it? Why do yeah. you have to give the specific address? Why, Who cares? why do people need to go? It's a tragedy that yeah. happened. Like, what difference does it make exactly where it is? Just say the region. That's it. That's all you need on those things. But they don't know how else to do it. That's, how, that's the only way they've been doing it going forward. Um, so that's where you stand, and you you got this tag thing, and everyone waits on Lamar. That's really where we're at. How, how does that get handled? Yeah, because um, I don't I don't think there's any other tags. Dallas put theirs on Pollard, and uh, the Jags put theirs on Evan Ingram. Yeah, I, I think everybody that was rumored to be tagged has been, except for Lamar. So, and and again, it, we'll talk to we can talk to Nick Shook coming up here in just a couple minutes, but. There, there's no buzz. There's no free agency buzz. There really isn't. And across the league, there's nothing. No. And I think uh, Z mentioned this yesterday, and I thought it was, you know, I, in the words of DiCaprio and Catch Me If You Can, I concur when he talked about that it feels like we could kind of wade into free agency this year as opposed to jump in head first. And, you know, from our fans' perspective, we have always, going all the way, as long as I've been doing the show, going all the way back to Dorse, we've always been able to have a lot of free agent money Correct. and a very aggressive plan. Well, that's not the case now. No. We we are paying a lot of guys and we, you know, they have a plan. I'm sure it's aggressive, but it's not going to be as simple as call the best guys on the list, make them an offer and then they'll sign. And that's kind of been where we've been, you know, for the last few few off seasons, at least the last 5 of them. Um, we'll get into some of this stuff with Nick Shook. He is coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The car, truck, or motorcycle accident caused you injury. Call the injury lawyers at 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. We had mentioned the Brady story. Uh, Tom Brady quote tweeting the report that he might not be done after all with this. Anyone who thinks I have time to come back to the NFL has never adopted a two-month-old kitten for their daughter. So... He's on Should Twitter. have talked her into a dog. We just had this conversation in break. It's, it's a failure. You don't All need you gotta a do is just get to the dog. That's get it. Get to the dog. That's it. Uh, let's uh, let's head out on the Twisted Tea hotline. Brought to you by Twisted Tea, Hard Ice Tea, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted. And join on the other side of that hotline is the NFL writer, the great friend of the program. He is Nick Shook. He joins us to recap the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine and all of this news in the NFL. Let's start with a fun one. Uh, best meal you had in Indy was what? Oh, uh, God, probably uh, New York strip steak, St. Elmo's, uh, mashed potatoes. Uh, what else was that? Caesar salad. It was delicious. You know, the classic staple of Indy. You you were right. We were all dining at the same time because you were up there with your NFL Network people, 
And that is when – no, no, that was El, Was that Harry and Izzy? We were Harry Izzy's on Tuesday. But we saw him yes. there. Yeah, so you did, you, did, you did Harry and Izzy's and Elmo's That's what happens both. when you're there for like 10 days, 10 days like Shook was. Yeah. Were you ready to leave yeah, by the whole, time it was done? week. Yeah, I was very ready. And, and I drove because, as you guys know, my flight, uh, there was an issue with that. And uh, let's just say I won't be eating a steak for six months, most likely. <laughs> I think that's fair. It's funny. My wife was saying the same when we got back. She's like, "Well, what do you you want to throw some steaks on the grill on, on Sunday?" And I said, "You know what? I think I'm going to do chicken. I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm good on the steaks for a while. We, it's a lot of beef over there, man. There's a lot of it. Hey, big picture wise with the combine, there's always rumor that the NFL, you know, might want to go to Los Angeles, might want to put this thing up for bid. Um, Indy is very doable, is the way that I would describe indie in terms of the process uh you've been to a lot of them you work for the league obviously what where do you where do you think this thing goes over the next three to five years uh, i would not be surprised to see them shop it around just because that's the way the league has done everything they've turned no. everything into a tentpole event from the draft to the start of free agency to schedule release even then those are all prime time affairs those are things that you must tune in and check out and and you know it's it's moving in the right direction if you look at it from a corporate standpoint where you know if there's room for growth you're going to take advantage of the room for growth but i do think the combine is unique in that it works so well in indy because of the way the city's set up as you guys know you know all the hotels are within walking distance to the convention center the convention center is connected to the stadium everything is right there the restaurants and everything else are all within like a six to eight block radius it makes for a very intimate environment in which a lot of people can share dinner in the same spaces and, and a lot of information and reporting is, is done, you know, at, at, in those bars and restaurants late at night. And, um, and I think it would be, it would probably take away some of the special nature of it. If you moved it somewhere else, you know, I think about the LA, you know, setup, and I know where, you know, the, the stadium is in Inglewood. Our offices are right next door to it and everything's sparkling and shiny and brand new and it's wonderful. But it's also spread out. If you've ever been to L.A., you know about urban sprawl yeah. and you know about how long it takes you to get, you know, a few miles, especially peak traffic times. So I think that would make it a lot more difficult. And most important above all is the medical aspect. I think a big reason why they love Indianapolis is because all the facilities and hospitals are there. There's, there's room and space to take in, you know, 300 guys and get them extensively tested from the medical side which is, of course, so important to uh, all these scouts and GMs as they make decisions on who they want to pick. So I think it's going to be a tough sell to take it somewhere else. But I also thought it was very interesting that last year, many people, especially Colts people, you know, Chris Ballard being one of them, would take the podium because it was so rumored to, to be, you know, moving somewhere else and, and stated their case for why it should remain in Indy. And it was nice that it remained in Indy this year. But we'll see. We'll see. I would not be surprised if it ends up somewhere else. Sad. We it should would look be very at the, sad. the look on Gibby's face. Just the crest. Shook, we gotta take we gotta move Kilroy's to LA. Well, and, we'll, like we'll keep the to, uh, and keep the and keep the prices <laughs> the same. Yeah. Yeah, the prices. We'll have to find a new place to close down together, you and I. <laughs> That's fantastic. It, I just it, it there are some things that don't need to be moved. It, yeah. It, does this really need to be a fan experience? I, they've tried. I don't know, I, and I'll, I'll be honest, this weekend I, I shut things down. Uh, I, I needed a couple days, and other than seeing some highlights here and there, but I never saw anything that there were throngs of people dying to get into the stadium to watch this. I mean, I, no, were there I a lot of people? The, uh, the, the, no, the, the weather. You know how rainy it was on Friday. Um, yeah. It was pouring rain all day, and, 
and they had they moved that experience, which used to be in the convention center. They moved it outside the stadium this year, and they had to shut it down that day because of the inclement weather. And I think I don't know what the attendance was like. I don't know the numbers are. I'm sure they're going to sound great or whatever. But um, I, you go to other events, you go to the Super Bowl, and there's they have it at the convention center. They have the Super Bowl experience, and and it's packed. There's tons of people. Uh, even the draft, you know, you get a lot of people coming to that because of the experience and get to run the 40 and all this stuff. The combine just doesn't seem to necessarily fit that. I know that a lot of people turn out locally for quarterback day. There was a lot of people in the stadium, at least in the lower bowl that day, a lot of Ohio state fans, which, you know, the drive is not too far. Some of them live in Indiana, some Purdue fans that were roaring when their favorite guys took the field, but it just doesn't have the same allure, I think, as other things. And rightfully so. I mean, as somebody who spends, seven, eight hours a day in the stadium for four days in a row watching these workouts. It is kind of a marathon uh, just sitting there watching these workouts. And unless you've got the aid of, of the television broadcast or, you know, in my case, having a laptop there and, and Internet connection and taking notes and everything else, um, you can kind of, you know, get lost in the it's, – it's kind of mundane, honestly, watching a bunch of guys run around in shorts because it's not – Real football, it's them doing drills and working out. So I just think that the, the the potential there isn't quite as high as something like the draft of the Super Bowl. But again, this league, if there's one league that's good at turning everything into a tentpole event that people are going to pay top dollar to go to, it is the NFL. So I just wouldn't be surprised, even if it maybe doesn't make the most sense. Well, let's stick with the Underwear Olympics, and we'll get to some of the news around the league at large. Uh, the Buckeyes had themselves pretty good days, pretty good weekends. C.J. Stroud, um, is, you, did, was there any – you see there any chance where he could go all the way to number one? Uh, I would hope mostly based on what he did against Georgia and what he did the two years at Ohio State. But it seemed like he had a really good weekend. And then dovetailing off of that, the guy he threw a lot of balls to two years ago, Jackson Smith and Jigba, it did feel shook like he cemented himself as the number one receiver. Yeah, you know, I think he benefits, Jackson Smith and Jigba does, from it not being as strong of a receiver class in the past. But even then, um, I, I think he'd be in the discussion for, like, top three. If he'd come out last year alongside his teammates, it would be hard to pass him up as well. But there was a lot of talent in that class. There's been a lot of talent in the last few classes. This one, I think there's value in day two guys. I think at the top of the class, it's just not quite as strong, which is why I think he really – Part of why he really cemented himself, he also had a great workout. You know, he, he looked every bit the part that he is on, on tape. You know, he was he was he was fluid. He, he's he's not the fastest guy top speed, but he's got great footwork and he's quick and he ran through everything. You know, with complete control, like he'd done it a, a hundred times. And and so yeah, I think he did cement himself. But the Stroud thing is interesting because, you know, if you look at this quarterback class, the talk of the town, of course, was Anthony, was Anthony Richardson and, and, and the the performance he put on, the testing he put on. It was kind of a freak show performance. But C.J. Stroud, I mean, one of the, that was the best throwing performance in the Combine I've ever seen. And I've been going to the Combine for, what, the last five, six years. I've seen the Justin Herbert classes and stuff like that where it's clear, like, well, there's only one guy who could be, like, a star in this group. The rest of these guys are, are you know, replacement-level players or whatever. And Herbert looked good in his workout, but nothing like the way Stroud did. Because, you know, Stroud go, takes the podium, uh, what was it, Thursday or Friday, and says, hey, you know, I – uh, one of my greatest strengths is accuracy. I throw guys open. And even in his workout, he was very accurate. But I also saw a couple throws, like the sail route drill, where he threw it on the sideline and where you could envision facing cover two, where he's throwing that receiver open between the corner underneath and the safety over the top, even though there's nobody else out there. You can just tell by the type of throw that is a high-level professional throw. And he was like that throughout his workout. So he did a fantastic job. And I think he, he kind of opened a lot of eyes to people who maybe had some concerns about him. And I still think there are some concerns about – 
hey, you know, how are you going to get your legs involved? Because you are mobile and you might need to do that more at the next level. I'm not saying he's got to be a Lamar Jackson or a Jalen Hurts, but he should extend the play more than he did at Ohio State, which he also admitted on the podium, you know, during his, yeah. his presser. But, you know, the, the concerns regarding him, I think a lot of them are quelled just because he was so good in that workout. And the other thing, too, I think he benefited from a lot because a lot of this discussion going into Indianapolis was Stroud or Bryce Young. I think he really benefited from actually performing. And Bryce Young sitting that one out, I don't know if that was a great move for him. All right, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, percentage that Bryce Young is still the number one pick in the draft after the combine? Um, or the first quarterback me, off the board? Yeah, if you had given me 65-35 Stroud to Young, I think it's flipped in the opposite direction to where it's probably – it's beyond 50-50. I would say it's probably 60-40 Stroud, and it might be even more. The pro day is going to factor into that, of course, but the pro day is sure. such a controlled environment. They can make it to where you highlight this player's greatest strengths. I think the only thing Stroud or, uh, uh, Young won with in, in the combine was his measurements because he hit that you know that 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 mark and height that they were looking for, and he was a thick 204 pounds, which kind of speaks to people with concerns <laughs> about his durability. I mean, well, right, 204 Chip, pounds well, under six feet at quarterback. Woo, Chip, <laughs> The problem with that too is is that's not real weight. I mean, there are a lot of whispers over there that he act, that his playing weight was 170 at Alabama. So, I mean, part of the reason a, he didn't do any of the running and stuff, that is, brother. So that's a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of fake weight that you have come on, and that's going to peel off by the time he gets to his pro day at Alabama. So I do think his stature is a real issue. Um, let's let's go around the league. It's silly season, man. I don't know what to believe or what not. Everything you felt at the Combine, everybody just kept telling you that cars are going to get David Carr, and then he ends up with the Saints. Um, we've got the Rodgers thing that's floating around out there. Now he's talking multiple reports that he's talking to the Jets. Um, and then you have the Lamar stuff where they can put a tag on him here at four o'clock. Let's your your kind of view of those two situations here as we're getting close to to tag time here at four. Well, I was surprised to see you know Carr end up with the Saints just because that was his first trip, and he can't. It sounded like he came away, you know, like you think. It, I mean, obviously he's going to do his deal, due diligence, but when he went to New Orleans and didn't sign, it was like, oh, well, maybe they're out. You know, maybe the Jets is the best fit, or maybe he could go, like, Indianapolis. I mean, there's a number of different places that he could have gone because Frank Reich spoke glowingly of him during his uh, podium session with Carolina. You know, he could have gone to Carolina. So um, there was a number of places. So to see him land at the Saints was interesting, but it also made a lot of sense in terms of what team, you know, is going to give me the best chance to compete because they have a defense that's good enough to compete and they have weapons offensively. But when you go to Rodgers, I think that the Jets thing, I'm not saying it's a done deal, but I am very confident that he's going to end up being a New York Jet, and I think it's going to happen before long. Uh, it just it makes sense. They're going to have to adjust his contract. We'll see what kind of compensation they get for him. I think his time in Green Bay is done, and they're ready to move on. Based on what Brian Gutekunst spoke, you know, of, of Jordan Love as well, or you know, last week. I, I just think that that split is coming, and he's going to follow the Brett Favre path in New York. And the only difference is he's not going to be in a private jet in August. So. Uh, I think that's, a, that's not a done deal, but we're we're getting close. We're getting close on that one, I think. And and, uh, and then you know, as for you know the other situations, the Lamar situation, I thought it was really interesting that there was a report the other day that said they might use the non-exclusive tag on him, which would open up the ability for other teams to negotiate with him. And if they were to sign him to a deal, first it would give the Ravens the opportunity to match, and secondly, if they were able to, if another team signed him to a deal, the Ravens are immediately getting two first-round picks because. Let's think about compensation. What did it take for the Browns to get Deshaun Watson? A number of picks, including multiple, you know, first-round picks and the fully guaranteed deal. Let's say another team slides in and makes an offer that the Ravens don't want to match. Well, then guess what? You've got your two first-round picks. The compensation is kind of guaranteed in this scenario. 
But on the flip side, it also allows the Ravens to give Lamar an example of what his market is and maybe a dose of reality. Hey, we, we know you want that fully guaranteed contract, and maybe he deserves it in the eyes of some, but they're obviously not willing to do it. And if another team isn't willing to do it, then maybe it makes them realize, maybe I should stay with the Ravens and take their best offer. So I don't know if that's going to be the tag they use. They could just straight up tag him and protect themselves. Um, it could set up a standoff too, like the Le'Veon Bell situation a few years ago. Highly interesting there uh, with Lamar Jackson and really the, uh, the balance of power in the AFC North. Yeah, we were we were talking about it. The fact that Carr, you know, made the right call, and to the NFC is just not on the same level as the as the AFC. From a, you know, and I'm not not disputing the guys that are playing in the NFC, but just from a talent standpoint, especially at the quarterback position. I mean, the AFC is loaded. If you're Carr, why would you want to go to the Jets? Like, if you're Aaron Rodgers, and maybe that's your only option because. That's the like the Green Green Bay is not going to trade you anywhere in the NFC. They they're going to put you in the AFC. It's just it's interesting to me that why do you want to go to the AFC? Why are you entertaining anything in the AFC right now? Yeah, that's the big question. I think we discussed this last week too. Why would Rodgers want to go to the AFC where it's just so loaded with quarterbacking talent? I think I think a lot of it is is confidence in his own ability and understanding. I mean, he's talked about I don't have many years left for years. And he's worked with the Packers front office, and he was upset by the fact that they didn't go draft him a first-round weapon a few years ago, and they took Jordan Love instead. And that set up that whole standoff, and then they mended fences. And then last year they just kind of realized that, look, we, we can't struggle the way we did and think that we're still going to be a title-contending team. I think last year was a hard dose of reality for both the Packers and their potential, and also Aaron Rodgers is at this point in his career. I mean, last year was the first time where we kind of saw signs of maybe he's starting to get old maybe he's starting to lose just a little bit of what's made him so special and maybe he sees new york as the best opportunity because let's face it they got a young team with a lot of talent on both sides of the ball and if Brees hall can come back from his acl injury like the same running back he was before and you got the offensive rookie of the year and garrett wilson you got a number of other talented guys you got a pretty solid offensive line as long as everybody stays healthy uh it is a situation in which the only missing piece you think with the jets is quarterback and he's a heck of a quarterback to do it but, you know, we've seen this happen before where you make a pairing. And, I mean, Russell Wilson in Denver last year is a great example where it's like they're going to be a title contender because all they needed was a quarterback. And how did that work out? Not too well. Co- coaching situation is different in New York, and, and there are different factors involved. But it also does make sense because you're right. If they're not going to send him anywhere in the NFC, if they don't actually want to run into him, they got to send him to the AFC. And the Jets are probably the best landing destination for him, uh, you know, holding the power to kind of determine his future. All right, from a free agency standpoint, did you, was there – I didn't feel like there was a lot of buzz about free agency last week at the Combine. I feel like a lot of teams are still working really hard to get themselves under the cap, which we all know can be massaged and, and taken care of the right way from a salary cap standpoint. You, every team can get under by doing certain things. It, I just look at the free agency – I, I don't hear a lot of buzz. I don't I don't see a lot of buzz, and and not just necessarily with the Browns, but in general. I think a lot of teams taking the wait and see approach. Is that what you're seeing, hearing here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this class lacks a little bit of pizzazz of, of previous classes. It's weird because if you look at like a top ten list of players, you got Lamar, but he could get tagged. You got uh, Javon Hargrave, who's had. You know, nice few years in, in Philadelphia, but he is 30 years old, so it's not like he's in the, in necessarily in his prime. Orlando Brown, um, you 
know, that whole situation with the Chiefs and, and how he's going to want big dollars, I think it's a matter of teams that want to spend to contend really don't have the workable cap space as of now. But, you know, they can do things to get under, you know, the cap and, and create some room. I expect the Browns to do that a little bit too because they need to go shopping a little bit. But overall, um, it just doesn't have the, the same headliner, I think, that you've had in the past, which is weird because you got, like, Jesse Bates as a safety. You got James Bradbury, who's a corner, is playing great, but he's also 30 years old. You know, Bradbury and, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, two guys in that Eagles secondary that helped them get to the Super Bowl. You got Saquon Barkley. who had a great year, bounced back. But there's also the questions of, like, you know, was that a fluke or what? But then once you go beyond that, it kind of starts to fall off a cliff a little bit. And, uh, and there's just a lot of concerns with a lot of the guys who might actually hit the open market. So the balance of that and the fact that a lot of teams that are contenders don't have a ton of cap space to work with, that could change a lot in the next few days, of course. But, yeah, I agree. The, the buzz there is, is less in free agency, more in individual situations and potential trades. And I think that's where we're going to see the most news made. You're going to have guys sign, and some guys are going to get crazy deals with teams that need to just add talent and probably overpay for it, the Jacksonville tax last year being an example. But I think the most buzz is going to come from trades because I think you're going to see some teams that are going to be moving and shaking to try to improve without, uh, you know, when, without overspending on free agents that might not you know, be the same caliber. We'll get you out of here on this one, bud. Uh, as long as I've been doing this show, this will be my sixth off season or fifth. I can't lose track. Five seasons worth. Every off season has been the Browns have been very aggressive. That's Dorsey and Barry, both have proven to be very aggressive. This is going to be a much more, uh, I think, nuanced approach to the off season. Um, what sense are you getting on what the Browns, what their approach will be, how aggressive they will be? Uh, there are things obviously that they need to get sorted out, especially up front defensively. I love the idea that's kind of gaining traction on Twitter in the last few days is uh, uh, the idea of trading that second rounder and, and, and not sitting on it and using it as capital to add a, an instant impact player, maybe a, a DeForest Buckner type, because you got to address the defensive front. And, and there's, there's not a ton of talent. I don't think you want to overpay for a guy like Hargrave. I think you want to go with someone a little bit younger with maybe a higher ceiling. Um, and I also anticipate that they're going to create some cap. I, I think that, um, you know, it was kind of a, a little bit of a joke at, at Andrew Berry's presser in Indy last week, but I do think that a Watson restructure comes, and I think that that creates uh, some workable cap space. You already saw them, you know, make the decision on John Johnson. So I think that, um, you know, they're going to clear some space and go shopping a little bit. It's just I don't necessarily believe that it's going to be the big ticket free agent. I think it's going to be more how many, you know, what kind of resources are we working with? What are the positions of need that we need to address? And how are we going to go about doing it? What capital can we work with? And I think that second-round pick is going to be a nice little trade chip and a potential deal and get some stuff done. And then maybe you fill out some other spots with some lower-level free agents. You know, we talked about it last week, receiver Paris Campbell. That was my pairing for the Browns in, in yeah. free agency fits for the AFC. And, and that makes sense because I don't think he's going to cost too much. And, and you can add a speedster to a receiving core that is, you know, it needs, you know, a playmaker or two as you got some younger guys who are still trying to get their – footing in the NFL. So I, I think that they're going to be attacking both things, but it's not going to be the same type of free agency that it was maybe a couple of years ago when you go out and you sign an Austin Hooper, you sign a Josh, uh, John Johnson, stuff like that. These two be a little bit of a blend that maybe leans more on the trade side. Great stuff out of you as always, my friend. Great seeing you last week, and thanks for your time today. Uh, it's always great running into you guys, and I'll tell you what, I was really sad when you guys left and I was still at the convention center, and I was still at press conferences, and every time I walked by, <laughs> there was that table that you were set up at, and That's it was right. empty, That's and right. there was just one placard that said Cleveland Browns. And I was like, they were here, and now they're gone. Just like me. I was here, and now I'm leaving. I'll catch you guys no. later. <laughs> See you, buddy. See you, Nick Shook joining us 
on the hotline there. Good stuff out of him on the Twisted Tea hotline. It's final hour coming up next. Uh, some of the worst quarterback situations in the league. A lot of wild rumors out there right now uh, in the NFL. We'll run down some of those, do some mock draft, fun, a little higher, lower, better, worse. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Second hour here on a Tuesday edition. So far, nothing concrete from the National Football League. Probably the most newsy thing as we inch closer to that franchise tag deadline. All eyes will be on Lamar, obviously, with this. It'll come down at like 302. Yeah. That's how that's going to go whenever they're going to do. How this goes. It'll work like that. Uh, But I haven't heard anything on that. Probably the most newsy thing that's out there today, the two most newsy was Tom Brady quickly saying, "I'm, I'm," he didn't say I'm not unretiring, but basically I'm too busy. I'm – rescued a cat for my kid and then um the other was the aaron Rodgers reporting from dan graziano that this is the second day in a row that the jets have met with uh with rogers about potentially going there um make them what they would have to give up in that deal is pretty fascinating is that a couple of ones like you for the packers you can flip this thing pretty quickly if it is i mean can you help yourself if you're green bay by taking some of that salary cap or is it auto is it a given you're going to have to assume some of that salary cap yeah, it could be. I mean, I mean it, and then he's going to have – I would think he would have to redo his deal to make it all work too. There's a lot a lot of irons in the fire with that. Yes. I think I think that's probably why team where certain teams were more interested in Carr because it was at no cost, you know, no asset cost to you. So, you know, that that's probably part of it. Here's one for you. So today uh, down in Columbus, spring football started for Ohio State, and at the center of it all is a quarterback battle – uh, first true one they've probably had since Burrow and Haskins uh, went at it. And um, so they have two kids who are competing for it, both former five stars, uh, a kid named Kyle McCord, who is the high school quarterback of Marvin Harrison Jr. He's there. It's a nice little pairing. Yeah. He'll be in his third year in the program. And then a kid named Devin Brown, who's out of Utah, who was a five-star kid, um, who's in his second year in the program. So today they dropped the rosters for spring football. Brown is wearing number 33 as a quarterback. And apparently in February he tweeted out that the original quarterback first Hall of Fame class was Sammy Baugh, who wore 33. And so I don't know if he's some sort of big Sammy Baugh fan or what, but he's going to wear quarter. (laughs) So he's going to wear 33 playing quarterback. And as I saw this this morning, I'm thinking to myself, can I take a kid seriously who went from 15 to 33 playing quarterback? I'm not or is a big... that just silly me? Like I, I just feel like if I was a coach, I'd be like, really? I think it's just doing? weird. It's just an but... odd thing to do. Like, you think about the quarterbacks who have worn numbers like that. Like Jared Lorenzen wore 22. Um, didn't Shea Patterson wear 20 at Ole Miss? I think he did. Um, Gardner at Michigan wore 98, but that was an homage to Tom Harmon. Um, Devin Gardner, he was seven, and then he switched to 98. Flutie won the Heisman at 20. At Boston College, it's that's rare. That's okay. You don't want to go yeah. higher than twenty. Yeah, and even that's pretty rare. Like you don't see those uh, very often. But he's—I was watching the film this morning, and he was wearing thirty-three, playing quarterback. <laughs> it's weird, man. So in the old days, they would do that. Like Sid Luckman, I think was seventy something. Otto, obviously, Otto was sixty. 
So you wore those high numbers before they had uniform uniformity. I was going to say, so in college football, then you can be anything. Because in the NFL, obviously, there are certain number yeah. ranges you I, can what, pick from for positions. Correct. Like Otto was 60 until the NFL made him wear four, uh, you know, something in the teens correct. and he went to 14. Um, and so, but there are in those before that, the NFL, you could wear any number you wanted. Um, so anyway, so he's, he's out, he's out there in 33. That's, that is a strange look as a quarterback. What, what is the biggest question for Ohio state football as we enter the 2023 season? Well, cause today so, kicks it off. Yeah. I think, um, you know, either one of those two, it's going to be McCord. It'll be the quarterback with the three years and pedigree and just mindset all of it so i think he'll be the quarterback they they have the best skill position talent in college football they got to replace three starters up front including the two tackles uh jones and johnson both and paris paris will probably be a first round pick i saw him mocked to kansas city in one draft yeah i mean i think he'll be a first round pick and then Th big thanos was impressive six eight three eighty run five three um so i think they'll be fine offensively the big question is year two of jim Knowles' defense do they have game records up front? They recruited kids who were five-star kids who were game records in JT Tuomoloau and Jack Sawyer. Can they elevate? And then beyond that, in the back end, at corner. I mean, if you think about the heyday of the urban run, man, it was absolutely all about corners on defense. It was about corners and pass rushers. And they don't – they haven't been having that. DBU. And it was just hasn't been that. So – that those would be the big questions for them. Uh, Reddit work pointing out, and I can't believe we forgot about Bernie wearing twenty at Miami. Bad job out of us. He did. Yeah, just I know the nineteen. That's true. Uh, John saying his son played quarterback for Buckeye Valley JV, wearing number eighty-two. <laughs> that does happen in youth football. I didn't sure. know it would go all the way to JV. God bless him. Uh, for <laughs> did he choose eighty-two or was it? I wonder if it was a sign. Yeah, here, here yeah. we have like ten jerseys. And, Pick one. Here's yeah. one that fits. Yep. Uh, this from Pro Football Talks, Chris Sims and Mike Florio drafting the most dire quarterback situations in the NFL right now. Sims goes Jets, Raiders, Falcons. So Jets right now, as it stands, would be Wilson and Scrap Heap. Raiders right now have no one. They have no one. So that's – the Falcons have Desmond Ritter. Yes. I don't love him, but, like, you could peddle hope there. The Panthers have no one, right? Not Matt I'm Corral coming off an injury, but it was a really yeah. serious injury. Uh, the Cardinals he has with Kyler, so he's just trolling. Florio's trolling everything. And then the 49ers with Lance and Purdy. That doesn't make any sense. Now, I, I will say this, and it got lost in the shuffle last week, but I know that the 49ers GM uh, talked at the podium last week. Kyle was not at the combine. No. Uh, and and – by the way, that is, if you read Peter King, that is very concerning to the league officials that the coaches are not showing up now. Like, there a number, Belichick didn't come, Shanahan didn't come. Yeah. Um, guy at L.A., at the Rams. McVay. McVay's never been. LaFleur, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Why? I, Why do they care? I, I, optics? Unless you're going to have so league do a meetings. Zoom. Just do a Zoom with everybody. Like, yeah. do, does it matter if you're standing at a dais? I, I, I guess all the same stuff. I, I guess me. I don't know, but it was interesting from a 49ers perspective. It definitely sounds like the eggs are more in Brock Purdy's basket than they are in Trey Lance's basket for this upcoming season. Like 
they're more interested based on that press conference. If you go back and watch any of the highlights from it, that they are very, uh, I don't want to say worried, but they're nervous that the Brock Purdy surgery keeps getting delayed. Like, and push back. And I think now it's supposed to happen this Friday. It was actually supposed to happen last Friday. It was supposed to happen two Fridays before that. Uh, and then just swelling and whatnot, they couldn't get it done. But it, some of the comments made by this uh, by the San, San Francisco's GM, uh, Lynch, and it just leads you to believe, like, are they – I feel like they're going Brock Purdy, number one. Yeah. And then Trey Lance, too, and – if they can find someone else better than Trey Lance, Trey Lance will be number three. Yeah. Well, I mean, Purdy, you know, here's the deal, though. Like, if this is why they drafted Lance to begin with and why Kyle – I mean, they blew it. They gave up a lot to get Trey Lance, and he needed to be great, and he hasn't been yet, but we haven't – we don't have a big sample size of it. But the other, um, the other part of it is, like, the whole reason that they drafted Lance is because of Purdy was basically – is Garoppolo-ish. There's a ceiling to that. You know, like Purdy will throw it exactly where Kyle wants him to throw it. And yep. you, you could go so far with that, but it's the next thing that's critical to all of it. Um, no. Rob I, uh, Domofsky with this. Sources tell Graziano and him that a contingent of Jets team officials are scheduled to fly out today to meet in person with Aaron Rodgers. So he'll be a Jet by the end of the week. Just got to figure out the compensation. As, yeah. you, as you have eloquently pointed yeah. out. Uh, enough from the clown tweets at the show. Hey, boys, with the dearth of QBs and so many teams in need, any thoughts on what happens to number six? Bake. Bake. Is he more likely to sign an NFL contract or an SEC TV contract? So I think – I mean, no, he's going to be in the league. There's just, yes. There aren't enough players. So I was doing my own worst quarterback spots in the league. So – the three that jumped to me were Bucks, Raiders, and Panthers. Because, I mean, the Bucks are really going to go with Kyle Trask, really. The Raiders have – they don't have anybody. They don't have a soul. And the Panthers don't have anybody. And Matt Corral is coming off a, a catastrophic knee injury. So those are the three, to me, that are far and away the worst, to where they don't even have guys. Um, you know, you, I mean, Zach Wilson, you could convince me Zach Wilson turns it around. You can't convince me anything with some of these jobs. Jarrett Stidham right now is the Raiders quarterback. Yeah, see, that's Chase Garbers is back up. Yeah, those situations are worse off by far than Arizona's, the 49ers, the Jets. If I were him, it would make more sense to just be the backup in L.A. Well, And, 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 and maybe the Rams – Get rid of Stafford. What has he got? He's got, he's got one more shot, right? Yeah, he's yeah, got one more yeah. shot to try to make a run at being a starter. And if you're him, you got to find the best spot for you to have familiarity, to have people that support you. He's at the point from both a production standpoint and just in the point of his career where he needs to find, like, a home. Like, he can't be bouncing like this. Uh, otherwise, he's never going to be a starter again. He's going to be a perpetual backup. And I know he wants to start. Everybody does. Um, but is it worth it to go to Carolina? Well, he's already been there. He's not going back there. Correct. Um, who are the other ones I mentioned? The Raiders. Like, did you Tampa see the Raiders Bay. with McDaniel? I don't think McDaniel has the same view of him that he did coming out of college. He liked him. Yeah. I don't. I, I feel he's like in that here is interviewing. Remember that? How close all that was? I yep. don't know. I agree, but I mean, who knows? But he needs to find a place that believes in him. 
And because the big thing with Bake was Bake's a bit of a front runner. When things are going good, he's really good. When things are going bad, it's bad. He needs to find a place that's got his back and supportive of him and that he can believe in him as much as he believes in it. That's that's really what the, the need to be for him. Yep. Um, all right, coming up next, we'll take a look at some of the early mock drafts. Todd McShay with some wild stuff in his. Uh, AP will join us for that. That's coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Renew your home for the last time with Renew Home Exteriors Siding and Roofing Products. Don't spend all day with high-pressure sales, guys. The team at Renew Exteriors won't waste your day with hours of negotiating the price of your project. They're just going to give you an upfront, fair price to make your project easy. That's a win for you and for everybody. Modernize your home with premium siding. They range in every style and color. Renew Home Exteriors, superior products, superior service. Visit RenewEstimate.com for more. Ben Albright with this, our buddy. The Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett with this trade in mind. Guess the second time is the charm with Hackett bait, saying that essentially that Rodgers is done to the Jets. AP is here. How you doing, bud? I'm doing fantastic. It is absolutely great to be back on the show after a fun, busy, tiring combine week. You said a lot of adjectives there. Yeah, there's a lot going on, but it's a lot of good going on. I, t- I didn't say it was bad. Did yeah, all right. You finished combine week. You have a good time. You're, you know, uh, a good time was had by all. Yeah. There's no question. What do you make of everything going on quarterback wise here in the last 24 hours? Man, I, I, I feel like these are the only three dominoes though. Well, then it'll be the secondary stuff, right? Then it'll be Garoppolo and those type of guys. Know. You know, I, like they'll land places. Like if, you know, is, does Garoppolo end up in Carolina if they don't land a quarterback? Or do they are they all in on the draft? Yeah. I mean, I, I think those will be the next. You know, like Miami. What does Miami do? You know, can they trust Tua to stay healthy? I think, healthy? That's, that's, like, a, that's, I think a, that's a fascinating That's one. a team right now that not enough people are talking about as far as one that's in the QB uncertainty pool. I think people are just forgetting that there's a real chance that Tua might not play football, at least not for very long. And then it's if he's not going to play football for very long, do you have a quarterback? Like, even if he does play next season, you know? But, no, I think, I mean, if I, if you had to rank, power rank the teams right now, especially like you're saying after the last 24 hours, certainly seems like Aaron Rodgers is going to be wearing white, green, and black next year. So Anytime um, I see need, that uniform mocked, I mean, it's, it's just bad. <laughs> so brutal. They yeah. look like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, yeah, man. That was not that was not a good... <laughs> They do. That it's was awful. Not a good uniform redesign. And no, they blew it as big as you can blow it. Like they have, look, it's green and white. You're a jet, okay, but like that yeah. thing. They did. They they shouldn't never have gone away from the 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 old colors they had. Uh, no, in they, my opinion, the Namath. Yeah, if Namath wore them, you wear them. Yeah. That should be the rule. But they'll be a, certainly a better team if that ends up panning out. Looks like it could happen sooner than later. So, yeah. Him in New York with that media is going to be fun. Oh, that's going to be a crazy time. I, I haven't even started thinking about that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. All right. If you – biggest takeaways from the Combine, and if you were a GM at pick number one, Stroud or uh, Bryce Young? And it, it, it forget about the team because I, I think we can all – Bet that the Bears are not going to draft there at number one. But. I mean, I, I think I would have to go Stroud at just at this point, just because he had such a great 
he had such a great combine performance. And she is back. She's alive and well. CJ. <laughs> yeah, I think I would go Stroud just because there just seems like there's less uncertainty about him. He had such a great combine performance. He's a taller quarterback, and I know sometimes both of those things, a combine performance and the height of a quarterback, can be overvalued to an extent, but it just seems like he just has the least amount of question marks right now, right? And if you're going to trade up to that number one pick and take a QB, you got to take the one who you have the the least uncertainty about. And to me, that's that's Stroud. And you know, I think the Bears people are saying they could trade it trade now, but uh, you know, their GM said the other day it's like he, he's okay with taking his time with this and maybe waiting until he can get 2025 uh, first or you know any kind of picks from 2025. And I mean, I think that's kind of a smart idea. You know, you you really want to maximize if you're going to trade out of number one you need to absolutely maximize the amount of picks you can get back and if you feel like you need more picks in 2025 then wait for it because these teams are only going to get more and more you know anxious to, to the, the ones you want to trade up to number one they're only going to get more and more anxious from now until the draft to to, to get there and that probably means they're going to sweeten the pot the um we're, we're going to get in these mock drafts it's interesting mike mcshay on bryce young he's so concerned about the weight the fact that he wore 204 weighed 204 um, even though most people that you talked to said Young played last year around 170, mm. is what it seemed mm. like he played, which is so light, yeah, remarkable. Um, and that most of that 204 feels like it's probably fake weight, right? It's Absolutely, gonna be something yeah. that's gonna come off. So, yeah. Um, but McShay writes, but considering the concerns, he'd be down around 190. It's a big checkpoint. Even at 204, he'd be the lightest round one quarterback since 2006. I mean, his his measurements add up to uh, to to Kyler Murray. Yeah, and Kyler with, Murray might outweigh build, him without yeah. the build. Like Kyler is built like a running back. Like he's got the build. Yeah. I just like, you just can't take Bryce a chance. You can't take a chance on on. And I know measurements again can sometimes be overvalued, but you can't take a chance on somebody like that when you got first overall, especially if you're going to trade up to get him. You can't. You can't do that. Well, and you also have you know there is he'd be bucking a lot of trends. I mean, the, the amount of guys who have been that size and succeeded, mm -hmm. it's a short list. Very short. To be able to pull it off. It's so, very short. Um, yeah, we'll see. I like, you know, the other thing about the, that's interesting on the quarterbacks at the top, like, I don't know, last time C.J. Stroud played a football game that mattered against the best team in college football, he was lights out. Yeah, no, like the, I mean, the tape is there. He had a great year last like, year. It's a great way to walk out. Yeah, like yeah. that was that was as good as it gets. Yeah. It, I don't know if C.J. Stroud not being a consensus number one is because Ohio State historically has not had very many good quarterbacks. I don't know. Here's what it, what it is. It's... So this is a direct quote from a former NFL general manager yeah. who used to wear sweatshirts, and I enjoyed the company of from time <laughs> to time when he was in a good mood. Uh, the problem with the problem True. with those with the Ohio State quarterbacks, and what makes the evaluation hard, is they have such a schematic and physical advantage over the team over 90% yeah. of the teams yep, they yep, play yep, yep. that they don't have to throw guys open yep. that they have a steady diet of NFL receivers they're throwing to schematically yeah. because they got of everything Ryan they Day, they're so far above yeah. they're it's a hard to evaluate the buckeye quarterbacks yep. because of that because everything's really easy for them in comparison yeah. and people say well Alabama's got the schematic and, and talent advantage not like this yeah the gap between Ohio State talent and scheme other than Michigan for the last five years versus 90% of the teams they play is the Grand Canyon. Yep. And there are, I mean, like Martin Emerson played at Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a steady diet of those guys in that league. The depth of talent in that league is just so much better. Yeah. So that I think that's what, it's hard mm -hmm. to make an evaluation of that. I mean, C.J. Stroud threw to three first-round receivers oh, his first amazing. year. Amazing, yeah. With Wilson Olave and Smith and Jigba. Yep. 
he threw to he's going to throw to the number one position player off the board next year unless there's a defensive end that comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. He threw to him last year and Emeka Buka is going to be a first round pick. Yeah. So he's thrown to five first rounders in his two years at Ohio State. You got everything you need and you're just it's so hard to have everything you need like that in the NFL. So yeah. I get it. I get it. I do. Well, this first mock draft in a little mock draft madness here uh, comes from Todd McShay, ESPN.com. Uh, oh, we'll just roll through it. We'll go through because I, I can't wait to see your reaction, Bo, to a couple of things <laughs> that come up later on in this program. Uh, number one is Bryce Young. Number two, and by the way, he's got the Colts trading up for that number one pick, Bryce Young. Number two, he's got the Houston Texans taking C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona stays at three. He's got the Bears at number four trading back again. He's got the Bears trading twice, trading back with the Raiders, and the Raiders take Anthony Richardson at quarterback. I know who you're looking for, Bishop. Get ready for it. Get ready. Let's see what that reaction looks like. I don't know Seattle at five, six for the Lions. He's got three quarterbacks in the top uh, – four in the top ten, including Will Levis. Going to Kentucky, or from Kentucky going to Carolina. I think you've seen it now. Have you seen it? Yeah. What is it? Uh, he's, got, he's got Jackson Smith and Jigba going 22 to Baltimore. To Baltimore. And you think he's First of all, I don't want that. him going to Baltimore. Second of all, he's going to go higher than that. I think he's going to go higher, too. But if he's there for Baltimore, he's going to go to Baltimore. He's got a running back going 10 from Texas. Bijan yeah. Robinson's the, a total dude. And I will say this about him. A running back. That's the one place, though. Because that's Philly, right? Yeah. That's the one place where the running back would have tremendous value is there. I don't – you know how I feel about running backs yeah. in the first round. I, I don't love it. But they have such a wealth of talent on their roster, and he's a game wrecker. Like, he could be the difference of standing next to Jalen Hurts, and now both guys can go to the barn coming out of that backfield. That's the one where I would almost be okay with it. Okay, I agree with what you said as far as he's going to be a game wrecker and he'd be great in Philly, but the Eagles have so many guys that they, they could possibly lose the free agency. Maybe once the free agent dust settles, they're able to piece their defense together. That makes more sense. But to me, saying that B. John to the Eagles at number 10, that was the one pick I was a little like, that. That I think that's the highest I've seen B. John go. And I'm not sure the Eagles at number 10, I mean, you just... You know, running back wasn't the reason why they didn't win the Super Bowl, right? Um, no, it's a luxury pick. If they, yeah. if they, but I think it's probably contingent to your point, and mm-hmm. I think they probably will address a lot of that stuff. Yeah, before they get there. Right. My hunch. I mean, is, they just have so many other starters that are about to hit. I, I would bet you that, that by the time the Eagles get to the draft, as well as Howie Roseman runs that operation, by the time they get to the draft, they could roll out their roster and play a game of football. Mm-hmm. So that the draft will be. Luxury. Just yeah. luxury, guys. Okay. Well, and if that happens, then if they I'm take you down at 10, they're going to be yeah, insanely he's, scary. He's insanely dangerous, scary. Dangerous. I mean, that's going to be the best offense in the league next year if they do yeah. get B. John. But I just, right now, I don't. I, that's why I was saying what I was saying about I, it. I get there's a lot of off-field stuff with Jalen Carter going on. Yeah. But for Jalen Carter to be the number he's one pick and, and fall to number 12. Yeah, that's – I mean, I think we're going to look at – Dane's mock here. He had him sliding down to five. Yeah, you know, and, and he's even acknowledged he's like, "This is like a slide," but like twelve is definitely a little too, too deep. I think. Right. Guy now. that scares me: the the Squealers, Emmanuel Forbes, corner out of Mississippi State, ran a four three five forty. Great ball production, picking off fourteen passes and breaking up eighteen more over three seasons. 
I, I don't need that. I mean, just my, about every I don't need that in my division. Just about every mock draft has had the Steelers taking a cornerback, right? I mean, is that like a lot that's of them are the, Joey Porter Jr. He gets yeah. mocked there a lot. Yeah, yeah, they've got him going to Tampa Bay at number nineteen. Now, wide receiver wise, you know, you, we mentioned Jackson Smith and Ajigba going to twenty-two, but they they had, for whatever reason, every expert loves putting two guys in front of him. Jordan Addison, twenty-one to the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, wide receiver out of TCU, Quentin Johnson, did New England at 14. But Ad- Addison makes Addison won the Bolitnikoff at Pitt before transferring to UC- USC, and he was good last year. Um, I don't know. But, I don't sleep on Jackson. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying to sleep on him because I do think he's going to be great. But I mean, he did not play a Sport whole lot last year. One. He did not did, play. Neither did Jamar Chase. That worked out. But was he I'm getting... with you. I'm with you on the yeah. uh, I, like. You didn't play. Yeah. I it's, I didn't like and it. At, and at that position, like, if you're going to pick a guy that highly, it needs to be someone, I think. And Jamar Chase, I get it. That, yeah. Jamar Chase is an exception to this. He's been stuck. They were, who, who were we talking? Oh, Daniel Jeremiah. He said uh, he said last week, Marvin Harrison doesn't need to play a down, and he's the first receiver off the board next year. I, I, I just think guys yeah. are viewing it differently. Like, yeah. Nick Bosa okay. didn't play. He got hurt. He didn't play the last three quarters of the year at Ohio yeah. State. Worked out fine. And you know what? If if Smith and Jigba does go that late and he ends up playing at least, you know, fourteen games, thirteen games next season, then maybe that is the, the shift of where where it comes in. I hate start it. Thinking he doesn't hate have it. injury issues. It. He had a hammy that got him. He was incredible as a freshman. He was on a on a team that had Olave and, and Wilson, he was he had eighteen hundred yards receiving. He had three hundred and some yards receiving in yeah. the Rose Bowl alone. Oh. Um, he's probably yes, Cartline is the best pure route runner they have. He's um, yeah. faster in and out of breaks than either of the other two. Yeah. Um, I bet he ends up running four four at Listen, their pro day. I'm not saying he's not gonna be good. I just yeah. say I see where he's not the consensus number one or even number two receiver in this just because the two guys that are played more and uh, last year. And that's that's that that matters a lot, right? All now. right. On to Dane Brugler's mock draft three The Colts trade up for CJ Stroud, according to him. They give up picks number four, 35, and a 2024 first rounder. That doesn't feel like a lot to move up. <clears throat> I'm just going to throw that out four, there. Four, 25, and a, and a 2020. Four and 35. 35. And allows them to replace the Claypool pick, you know, where they blew that. They gave up that pick to Pittsburgh to yeah. Claypool. Yeah. So it allows them to replace that, and then they get they get their number one next year. So they'll have two high ones next year is what they're banking on. Yeah. Is that enough to move up? Not based on uh, yeah. not if there's not a bidding war. I, I mean, was going to say, that, you know, it seems weird to me that they mm-hmm. wouldn't try to bid up Houston. I think there'd be that. more, maybe a few more like mid-round picks thrown in there. I mean, if there's talk of them wanting the 2025 pick, then I mean, obviously, it's not like you can predict that right now because it's not something that teams can do. But I mean, if the Bears are going to wait, it's because they're going to. I think they want some picks in 2025 as well. It, now, see, this is the interesting one. We, you know, McShay had the Bears moving twice. And Dane Brugler has them moving twice. Yeah. Uh, the Bears move back to four and then move back again with Carolina. They get picks number 961 and a 2024 first-round pick. That would give them three first-rounders in 2024 for pick number four. And it would give them multiple second-round picks this year. And he has Carolina taking Anthony Richardson. 
What do you think about Anthony Richardson, Poison? Uh, I think he's one of the most intriguing prospects in all this draft class, and that's really something that has started up for him over the last week and really does since that, the combat. Does intriguing translate to home no, run? No, but in, that's the part, intriguing means, like to me, intriguing means he's got one of the highest ceilings of the quarterback class, which he does. That's what that's what everybody's saying about him now. But he's also still got that the biggest, uh, you know, boom or bust potential. Um, and I got to say, I, the, you know, him going to Carolina, I think, would be really fun because, one, the comparisons to him, at least after the combine, of, to, to, to Cam Newton make that, obviously, a, a, an even more interesting pick. And then, um, I mean, I just think they've got a lot of good receivers there in Carolina. And uh, if they play him immediately, which it feels like maybe won't be uh, a guarantee for him, no matter where he goes. But, you know, whenever he starts playing, I think they'll have a good receiver cast for him. He's really raw. Exactly. He's yeah. not accurate. Yeah. He's not accurate at Florida. He's really raw. He's physically, he's a lot of things. Um, I think Seattle feels like something like that where he has real stability and can be nurtured. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's really, really raw. And I mean, he threw, he only threw 17 touchdown passes last year at Florida. Yeah. I he mean, wasn't great. So, I mean, he's got that moment in the Utah game that's spectacular. Um, but even before that the year before he was pulled at one point like it's a he's a real project it's going to take somebody who's got a lot of patience very stable organization and someone who really believes in him uh for him to make it it's he's so far from a finished product it was amazing we did physically but it's it's a long ways to go Mm -hmm. uh jackson smith and jigba uh first wide receiver off the board in dane's draft Dane was very high on him last week at the Combine. Going to Seattle at pick number 20 with D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Geno Smith will be happy about that. Dane's not very high on the receiver class if the first one's going. Zay Flowers is the second wideout off the board to Baltimore at 22. Uh, And interesting, at the end, pick 31, Dewan Jones, right tackle, Ohio State, making his first-round mock debut to Kansas City. Yeah, that's big Thanos. That's uh, 6'8", 375. That's a big boy. So, again, we're mocking the mocks. We don't have a first round pick. Dane has a pr- Dane that usually but, has a pretty good handle though. Yes. On yeah, like I think I, he's most the most consistent of all the guys in terms of where he has guys. This is rating. correct. This is the time of year where I'm I'm reading everything that Dane Brugler's putting out. It's he's he's on top of this. He, all year. They both have the Eagles going Bijan. He's got him 14 to the Philly. So Shea had him 10. Where where does he have him? So he has New England. He has New England moving up. Yeah, in he's a got trade the, with Philly. Yeah, he's okay. got the Eagles taking Bijan Robinson okay. at fourteen. That'd be a problem. Yeah. That dude. It, it, well, and more I importantly, mean, the Eagles get and collect draft picks. And you know what? This is something that I I didn't read. I don't know if McShay said this, but just he's saying that you know with what he, people he's talking to in Indianapolis that he just a lot of people think the Eagles are going to be drafting. A running back, and that's going to be B. John. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Well, it replaces Miles Sanders. They view it as a four or five year window. Their picks are luxury because they have mm-hmm. multiple, and they're they might think they're a player away. They have a home run hitter standing next to Jalen. That changes the way they can play offensive football. Absolutely, for sure. Um, all right, we'll play a little higher, lower, better, or worse. Coming up next, listen to Cleveland Browns Daily right here on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
All right, welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Bo, Gibbe, AP here with you. Time for Higher or Lower, presented by Keep It Fun Ohio from the Ohio Lottery. We remind you to set limits and uh, time and spending limits when gambling. Hello, Gibbe. Hi, boys. What's up, buddy? So, Rossini is saying the Jets have flown on Woody Johnson's private plane. So they're going to go hire him. Full court. To California to meet with Aaron Rodgers. They land soon. As they should. they got to get their guy. Go get it. Get it done before Friday. Like, I'd like free agency to be a nice, lukewarm bathwater next week. <laughs> nice and easy. Well, you know Aaron Rodgers. He'll take his time. But the, there, I think that the clock is ticking here. On him for, or the for, Jets? For the whole time. situation. Like, we, we need to know, are you in or are you out? You're out of your, your, your dark hole. Yeah. He's definitely like, got to decide go. before – Actually, you're right. Yeah, I, like, I, Monday. We're we're a, we're a month out from teams being back in their buildings, right? Like it, it's time to figure out if you're the Jets, who's your quarterback here in 2023? Higher or lower? Presented by Keep It Fun Ohio from the Ohio Lottery. Who reminds you to set time and spending limits when gambling? This is from NFL.com. Eric Edholm and the guy we just had on, Nick Shook. 2022 NFL rookie grades ranking the classes one through 32. The Browns come in at number 18 on this list. Frankly, boys out. I think it's pretty darn good and probably right where they should be. Higher, lower, or just right for you? Yeah, I think it's just right. Um, when I first saw it, I. Honestly, at first was like, I think they should be lower before looking at what the other teams did behind them on this list. And then I kind of looked at the other teams behind them on this list and was like, okay, you know what? Like, 18's good. This is fitting. The one team that caught my eye where I was like, I, I, I think maybe I'd put them in front was the Packers. Just I thought they had more players who were able to make an impact this year and frankly, more players who I, I think will be able to become starters. And they're all the way down at, uh, where are they? 23. So there are a few spots behind him. That was the one team where I was like, I, I think I maybe moved them up more. But, you know, 18's fine. That's 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 what they had out of their draft class this year. It was the one main stud who was consistent all year for the most part, Emerson. And um, and then other guys who maybe can be better next year, but didn't have a, a ton of super consistent stretches this year. I mean, you look at – you don't have a first or second rounder. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you know – you hit on Emerson. Alex Wright's a massive disappointment. David Bell's a massive disappointment. Perry and Flash. Cade York's a disappointment. Ford, you think, could be part of the future going forward. He, quite frankly, is going to need to be. Um, you know, I think those other two threes, you would have liked to have seen more Flash. Definitely. From Wright and Bell. Neither You're going to need a lot more here in yeah, 2023. I mean, they really need Alex Wright to take a big, big step. Mm -hmm. Next season, and they need Bell, Perry on to be a pro. Yeah. Bell is never going to be a burner, though, so... Yeah. But yeah, I he's still a possession thought, slot guy. Yeah. Like, I still thought and then he York would have a is mistake. just God Almighty. That was tough. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's hard. I, you said the Packers were below him. Yeah, the Packers were at twenty five. I mean, Christian and Watson came on like a missile. I was like, they they on hit him on, alone on Watson, and they probably hit on Dobbs too for a fourth round pick. I mean, I know there was a lot of hype about Dobbs, but it, it, with what he did in the preseason in the first couple weeks, but I, I think he injuries hammered him. I'm looking at what the. Packers drafted like Quay Walker had some problems but he was still good in some games started 16 of them Devontae Wyatt was maybe a little bit of a disappointment but is still a guy who could probably do more for them in future years and 
Yeah, I I, I think Christian he got Watson in the second round, mm-hmm. and I people forget he was hurt to start the year. Yeah, so that's why he was a little delayed with his impact. And Samari Torre in the seventh round, a guy that not a whole lot of people were talking about, but looked good in some games last year too. I just I thought the Packers should be higher on this list. All right, so maybe if we just go based on first round picks. <laughs> Because it's tough breaking down all these classes. It is hard. But the Jets clearly had the best. Oh, yeah. That's one of the best draft class. classes that we've seen in a while, I think. I mean, to get Sauce, offensive and defensive yeah. rookies of the year, plus Brees Hall. Yeah, they hit on everybody. Detroit, Hutchinson, uh, Jameson. Uh, Jameson will be a big payoff this year. Correct. Yeah. But he yeah, showed you some flashes. Held. Yeah, he showed you. Malcolm I, Rodriguez I think, was a stud. I got to give them a lot of um, credit, like, for the the patience they had with Williams, too. Like, they didn't rush him back. Like, they held him. They really, really solid. I'll tell you, like, the Seahawks draft, it doesn't have – it didn't have a lot of, like, juice to it when it was drafted. Yeah. But look at the talent in this thing, yeah. man. I think I mean maybe even Lucas the... Woolen, Walker before the injury, gr- cross. I mean everybody was a dude for them. Yeah. They don't make the playoffs, I think, without this class. No. No. Really good no, class. No, they don't. You're right. Chiefs had a good class too, get oh, I know. The rich get richer. I mean they really did. Pacheco more And like more I think well more didn't even do a whole lot, but Every, the whole the class still looks great. Like I, I more I think should have done more. That would have made this class in he a will, top, a right? super like top. You can see class. next year. He'll yeah, be doing I mean more. he made a good play in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know? hey, Pacheco I, in hey, the seventh round. Yeah, and it kills me, but the Ratbirds at number five kind of makes sense. I mean Kyle Hamilton mm-hmm. didn't show a lot. He's going to need to show He's, a lot more here this year. But I mean, Linderbaum was exactly who you knew he would be. Exactly, and and Ojabo could be. Somebody who really pays yeah, off that's next a year, too. Shirt, right? Yeah, it's a red shirt, you're right. Ugh. They have the Squealers at number six? On Pickens alone, almost. No. Yeah, the Steelers at six was... That's uh, all on Pickens, I think. But... Was, uh, I was going to say, anything, anybody else... But I don't think that still puts him at number six, though. I, I'd still... Like, I think the Titans... go. Look Maybe the they Titans like Pickett more than we do. Maybe. But I think the Titans still Ugh. have a better class. Um, I could You could even argue the Niners just because of how Purdy played. Getting a quarterback who still almost took you to the Super Bowl in the seventh round, I think, should put you in like the top, at least the top five, or the top six, I should say, above the Steelers. Ugh, that just disgusts me that Pittsburgh is that far. Yeah. Uh, the Falcons. Some of these, I so, mean, th- there's like drastic falloffs here. It's very hard to do to, to rank these out. Like, yeah, <laughs> the the Cowboys are at number ten. It looks like the, a lot of their production came from guys in the in the fifth round. I mean, but that's what separates the the really good GMs from from other yeah. GMs is you you just got to hit on some of these mid round picks just about every year. It's funny you how know? you lose track of like, you know, at the top of the draft it was Hutchinson, Walker, Thibodeau last year. Um, I I just looking at the Giants. Like I have no idea if Thibodeau had a good year or not. Where are the Giants? They have fourteen. I have no clue. I mean, he started fourteen games. He played fourteen games. He started fourteen games. Oh. But I don't remember the impact of him. I don't know that I watched them play enough to know what he did. He said he lived up to the primetime persona. Fourth in defensive rookie of the year. Finished with four sacks. Wasn't a game wrecker, edge rusher on every down basis, but plenty of examples of his potential going forward. Has there been a more forgettable? 
first overall pick than Trayvon Walker in the last. I was just reading was about the him. offensive lineman that was it uh, Eric Fisher. Yeah. That was the bad draft. We had yeah we drafted Marquevious Mingo. Yeah, the that, Mingo there was that draft where two tackles went one two. Yes, that's it tough. Was pretty bad. That's tough. Yeah, tra- I I looked at this and I was like Trayvon Walker number yeah. one. Oh, like, yeah. Was he number one? They I mean, did take him ahead yeah. of Hutchinson. I mean, you remember yeah. last year, it was like the, all the mock drafts were saying he'd go in like the 8 to 12 overall range, and then the Jaguars said, we're taking him number one. I, and he didn't I, even have that great of a year. He was more. He played more like a like, developmental I don't know player. how they were number 12. I'm going to tell you something, though, guys. When you look at this, the teams, most of the teams that are in this top 10 area, they're the good teams. Because they hit on, I they think hit on these mid picks. The mid picks. They hit on the seconds, the thirds, the fourths. They find a diamond mm-hmm. in the rough. I mean, it's Kansas City, it's Pittsburgh, it's Baltimore, mm-hmm. it's all the teams that you'd expect. Seattle, perennially good teams. The only perennially bad teams that are on this are the first two, the Jets and the Lions. Everybody else is a and a team of consequence. And they're number one and number two. Like they're on the, yeah, you know, they're on the uprise right now. Yeah. Like good job of you. Good job at the YouTube. Always a good time, guys. So much more to come. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. So a couple of things um, from the NFL perspective. Mike Jarecki were this. Per sources, the Cardinals do have permission uh, do have parameters, rather, to trade DeAndre Hopkins more likely after free agency starts. A reported second-round pick and a conditional pick or player uh, is what could happen there. Diana Rossini reporting that basically everyone who matters with the Jets going to California to talk to Aaron Rodgers um, and seeing if that deal could get done. We're a little over an hour from the tag deadline, so to this point, nothing on Lamar. Well, and nothing on Daniel Jones. Mike Florio yeah. tweeting about that saying, hey, look, if there's nothing by this point, there's going to be a tag coming down. The question becomes, is it the non-exclusive or is it the ex- exclusive? So that, we'll, we'll see how that plays out, and we'll see how Lamar reacts to it. Yeah. Lamar's camp reacts to it. He's a one-man camp, it almost feels like, without the agent. It's just a wild situation. Hey, good luck to Cleveland State tonight in the Rising League Championship game against Northern Kentucky. Uh, go get it done there. Good job out of that. Yeah, how about good that? Big win get, last night. Getting into the dance. That would be fun. Uh, we are back tomorrow for more fun. The next level is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Rods Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.